Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, my wife and I, Rebecca, we want to talk all about Star Trek. Yes. But more specifically, we want to talk about what is Star Trek and what is it really trying to espouse? Uh, what is what is its agenda? What are what are the psychological machinations of Star Trek? What is it really trying to produce? At the end of the day, some people will have you believing that Star Trek is trying to make everybody sensitive and woke. <laughs> Come on. Whether you're into Star Trek or not, we can learn a lesson from Dean Roddenberry's original vision of futurism and materialism meets futurism in a way that's done correctly. It's about discipline. It's about order. It's about best practices. It's about futurism and technologies working for us, not against us. And really, it's about change. How do we embrace change without thinking it's the scary boogeyman like the right like to do? Ooh, change. At the end of the day, the right wing fringe lunatic fringe will have you believe that everything's woke today including star trek and we're going to talk about that is it really woke or is it really just trying to promote equality and inclusionism and is it too heavy-handed we'll talk about that. we believe star trek is supposed to be the best of humanity at the end of the day nothing is perfect no iteration of a uh, Star Trek is perfect, uh, but we're fans of Star Trek and Star Wars, and we believe that when you embrace technology and materialism in the right way, we can get rid of poverty, we can lessen disease, and we can get to the point in our culture and society where we all start growing together. If you like the work we're doing, please come on over to my link tree. That's link tree forward slash Chef Right Comedy. And please subscribe to our new YouTube channel. That's Chef Right Comedy with an exclamation point. Thank you for your friendship and let's begin. Welcome back, dudes and dudettes, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell, Chef Right Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk all about Star Trek and... The quote-unquote, the progressive agenda. Ooh, like spooky ghosts. Hey, you didn't introduce me this time. I'm not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) So, without further ado, my beautiful wife and co-host, Rebecca Russell, please say hello to the folks. Hello. So... She's so impatient today, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. We're here to talk all about mental health and robust living in the real world as real working people. At the end of the day, we weren't born with a silver spoon up our ass. We were born with a life, and we were given this one life, and we want to utilize this world in such a way that we have what? Best outcomes, best practices. At the end of the day, good grief. The world's going fucking stupid, and we got to fucking fight that, you know? Yes, sir. So today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about Star Trek. I want to talk about, but not in the way that people usually, like, glom on to Star Trek, and they're just, like, fan servicing and fanboying out. I mean, there might be a little bit of that. I'm not going to lie, because I'm 
wearing my Star Trek shirt. You're wearing your Star Trek shirt. Yep. Borg kitty. Borg kitten. Yes, indeed. And I'm, I got a shirt with the Star Trek logo, and it's got all the ships from the original shows. <laughs> There's this dude on the, 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 the Star Trek store. He's like, ah, well, I would have bought it, but it didn't have uh, the Cerritos or the Prometheus. Like, like he's trying to prove his fucking Star right. Trek bona fides exactly. and shit. It's like, those are cartoons. It's not considered canon, dude. Sorry. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it would have been nice to have the Cerritos and the Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus from Prodigy, I believe. And uh, Cerritos from Lower Decks. I watch it all. I don't care. Star Trek is Star Trek, and I love it all. Um, even bad Star Trek is better than some, you know, other franchises, you know. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to approach the topic today from a certain point of view. We want to talk about, you know, the way Star Trek today has been sort of politicized, you know, where the, the right goes, oh, they're just trying to push their woke politics. They've always been trying to push their woke politics, dipshit. <laughs> yeah, they just, if you're saying that, you don't understand You don't chart. get it. That's yeah. right. And at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is, is shape minds to understand equality and equity, to understand progressive or forward-thinking values, and that not all change has to be bad. At the end of the day, we all like the old ways and the old days, but we don't get to go back. There's no time machine bringing us back to the good old days. And a lot of times I feel like they're trying to Trojan horse their, their misogynist, racist points of views. They want to go back to a time where white men were revered. Mm-hmm. It's like, Absolutely. I'm a white man and I don't want to be revered. I want women to check me when I'm wrong. I don't want absolute control and dominance over society and people. And I really do feel like all of that is coming from a place of insecurity. Speak on that. Well, yeah, it's just people that are insecure that white men aren't going to be totally in control of everything and everyone anymore. Yeah, it's, 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 it's there's a term for that. It's called scared of a, of a brown planet or fear of a black planet or fear of a brown planet or in this case, fear of a vaginal planet. At the end of the day, they just, they think their penises like are, are little control levers. Like they're lightsabers. Like they have some actual utility. They don't. They're a flap of skin between your legs and they serve no purpose other than to fuck and to procreate and to, you know, eh, you know, do what it's supposed to do when it's <laughs> supposed to do it, right? But at the end of the day, it, it has no actual power beyond uh, procreation. And at the end of the day, these men uh, are just scared shitless that we might give women equal rights or an equal say, or they're scared shitless because, you know, they grew up in the old South and they just, oh, oh my God, we can't allow them to pervert our society into what... You know, and, and their idea of perversion, it's per perfectly okay to use the Bible to push their homophobic, transphobic, uh, white... Female-phobic? Yeah! Their white, male, oligarchical, patriarchal ways, but, uh, but, but God forbid we try to, oh, I don't know, understand people of different cultures and of different uh, genders... I just, I don't yeah, know. I don't either. It's, it's getting ridiculous. And so we wanted to talk today about Star Trek in a way 
that's not just your you your you know gushing over Star Trek. We we yes we want to talk about what are some of the values that Star Trek espouse and what is that and is that political or is it just social? It's social. We're social animals. At the end of the day, if you can't you know stand fantasy sci-fi. Uh, pushing an agenda, then get out of Star Wars too, motherfucker, because it all has some kind of agenda. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But first, I just wanted to start with our life as of late. You know, mom had a, uh, she got through her chemo, and uh, you're working hard at the store, and uh, I'm trying to get all this stuff done with Chef Bright Comedy, the the YouTube channel. And uh, I'll be honest with you, my mental health isn't all that great right now because, you know, yesterday my mom had her appointment to see her surgeon and that, and they're telling her that she's going to have to have a colostomy bag and she's going to have to, you know, uh, the surgery's going to be a little bit more extensive than she thought. We thought we were just going to dry this little tumor up into a little dried up piece of beef jerky and pluck it out, easy peasy, but I guess what's going to happen is it's going to be taking some of the lining some of the wall of the the rectum with it and then they're going to have to piece that back together and it's going to be slightly more uh you know time consuming and um just more involved and uh i was you know i was all i had migraines yesterday i was feeling like trash you know and and then that news on top of it my mom comes out you know tear tears in her eyes and i'm like what's the matter you know and she's like well it's going to be a lot more of a process than I thought, you know, and I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And it really just got me really uptight and upset and worried. Um, but you know, the, the good news is, is that the doctor said the prognosis is good. They do this kind of thing all the time. We have to remind ourselves that this is their world. This is their bread and butter. This is what they do for a living. They're experts at this, but yeah. it's just scary and fearful. Mm-hmm. And they, they told her, you know, that they want her to start walking more so that she can be uh, at her strongest uh, for the surgery because the surgery is going to take a lot out of her and she's going to have to be in the hospital for several days afterward just to make sure that it took and that you know and, and then the colostomy bag isn't it permanent it's temporary but it's just so that all that stuff isn't um, piling up in there uh, causing problems you have to let so it heal yeah, for a so few it's days not passing by the area that's trying to heal multiple right. times a day right. so it just gives it, it just a rest. got me really upset and yeah. got me really scared and worried about mortality you know yeah. um you know because i've been having a dairy gut issue myself and then i've been feeling things down there and then i'm freaking out oh am i next kind of thing you know yeah. and my point is is that you can think yourself out of good health and and just by uh, thinking too much you know i think i just think we just think too much it's life is scary every day we're bombarded by news of this celebrity dying, that celebrity dying, this influencer dying, that influencer dying. It's like every time I go to upload, I don't see a lot of it on my phone because of the way it's set up. But every time I turn on my computer, it goes to Bing. And Bing is just like, it's like a Wikipedia of who the fuck died this week, right? Yeah. And it, it you know, it's it just bums you out. I don't, you know, yes, they have to report the news. But at the end of the day, I mean, I've told you guys, don't don't be afraid of the news. Just consume it in the right amounts and, and get the right stuff out of it. And when it starts becoming more problematic than informative, that's when you tune out. You turn it off and you live your life, you know. But it just got me thinking a lot about mortality and it kind of got my hypochondria 
going a little bit. Not that I have hypochondria. I just mean, you know, it just kind of makes you think twice about your health and your life. And I don't know. It just got me freaked out. What, yeah, what, what it, do you think? It happens. I mean, life is a punch in the gut sometimes. Yeah, it and is. And it just... You think about things, but you can't dwell on things. And and you have to just roll with the punches. Last night, you know, I told my mom, I know you're scared. And it got me uptight, too, because they never really warned us of all what to expect. They, this was kind of the first news we heard of how extensive this will be. You know, after all these weeks, you would think we would have heard a little bit more about Although it. Although I can kind of understand that, because I think some people, if they have we're thinking about that on top of the radiation and the chemo. Yeah. It maybe. would make their mental health so bad that they couldn't even get through that. Well, that's a good point. Mm. That's a good point. But at the end of the day, I don't know. I, I mean, they kind of me. sort of mentioned something like they, you might, blah, blah, blah. You might need this. You might, might, might. There was a couple mites in the beginning. Yeah. But I think we all let go of that because we had to get through all that chemo. And now we're here, you know. Uh, June 20th is going to be that. And uh, and I guess lately, like, I'm really contemplating whether or not I want to keep doing Chef Bright Comedy right now or just wait a little bit. I, I don't know. Part of me wants to go off and work a job for a while, do something different, pay off my bills. This doesn't make a lot of money, you know. And, and we're going to talk on the final episode about what we learned about podcasting, what we learned about life, what this meant to us, what it was all about, why. Uh, it was important to us and um and and generally what is podcasting really and what is it not and at the end of the day we'll talk about all that uh on the final episode but i just mean to say that um i don't know there's a part of me that just wants to go out and live real life for a while make some money save up get a new car pay off the, the mm-hmm. bills you know uh, yeah. this has been financially disastrous for us <laughs> and i've been digging in my heels hoping on hope but at the end of the day you can't depend on this kind of shit you just can't no, no you can't unfortunately yeah i had to pause there i was getting upset <laughs> yeah it's, um it's life i'm okay i'm okay it's just um you know life's been really hard lately and uh it's just Sometimes when you demand more out of life, you know, it's like, that's what this all was. This was me demanding more out of life. I had radio experience. I've worked for all these jobs. I've been in the military. I've, I've gone to school. I've earned degrees and diplomas. And you get to a point in an age where you're like, good grief, does any of this ever actually work out? Or are we just all destined to fucking work stupid idiot jobs forever? And I just realized, no, you got to believe in yourself and you have to know how to sell yourself and to the world and at the end of the day I, I just I want more out of life not for ego not for money but for a sense of belonging that you have rights and you have purpose and uh, and so after two years I'm trying very hard not to think of all this as a waste of time because I know it wasn't it was a great experience it was very therapeutic we've helped a lot of people but at the end of the day um, we do not the hippie days are fucking over you guys nobody wants to help each other anymore you want to speak on that? Yes and no. I mean, it just depends on the pocket of people that you're in or with. But yeah, yeah I mean, I think it does feel like in general that society has just become overly selfish and overly self-absorbed. And well, and it, and it feels like um, people are losing their culture, their identity, their wisdom. It just feels like a young, naive society going off the rails and i know that there's more to it than that it's there's a lot of people out there who are trying to fight this good fight like we are they're working jobs they're raising kids they're 
working average jobs and they're trying to fight off, frankly, uh, you know, uh, autocracy and tyranny from this right-wing lunatic fringe group that's taking over the Republican Party. But I never wanted this to be this liberal thing. I never wanted this to be this progressive agenda. But at the end of the day, when you see people using Christianity and warping it, warping it into something ugly, warping it into something hateful, it's like, oh, I had to stand up. And at the end of the day, even though I'm an atheist now, I was a Christian for a very long time, and I still care very much about values. Christian values, traditional values, homespun values, kitchen table, common sense, good values. And at the end of the day, that's what we're losing. And so I don't believe all these Republicans. I can't believe that all these Republicans out there voting for this shit are privy to the agendas there that are not only not Christian, not kind, um, but they're becoming authoritarian. And they're, and what they're doing is they're pushing policies that are wildly unpopular. And because of this uh, ride-or-die mentality with the Republican Party, uh, they're able to get things done that are wildly unpopular even for those people because of their allegiance to this party because of the way Fox News has framed the argument. It's a ride-or-die mentality, even though what they're pushing is not going to be good for Republicans either. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? It's just people not paying attention. Yeah, it is. It's it's a, it's a it's you know, it's it's relying on and playing, you know, manipulating people's brains and hijacking the part of them that understands reason and rational rationality and making these people so hateful and spiteful that they've lost all credibility when it comes to their Christian bona fides. Speak on that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just the things that are happening when you look at it and see them calling them Christians and Christian values. Yeah. It's just, I don't even have words for it. It's mind-boggling. It is. It, it really is. It absolutely is. And you call yourself a Christian. Because and, it's the whole, like, love thy neighbor, oh, except this person or this person except if or you're this brown, person. Or, or except if you're feminine or except if you're trans or except yeah. if you're gay. Except yeah. that you don't make exceptions. No, you don't. Huh. Well, and it's getting to the point where people only see you as liberal or conservative. They don't care about anything else about you. And at the end of the day, I don't want to be known as a fucking liberal, for Christ's sake. I want to be known as a good person, a kind person. And I want still to have my veteran bona fides when it comes to being a tough and disciplined person. And at the end of the day, these people, it's like this dude bro mentality. All these fucking online dude bros yelling and screaming about everything, right? Mm -hmm. And they want this fat, rich New Yorker to represent them because, oh, they're sticking it to the libs. But at the end of the day, all these things are going to end up coming back and biting them in the ass. Yeah, We're talking about policies of making rich people richer, making poor people poorer. And what do you think that's going to do for the middle class? It's going to erode the middle class. And it's going to make rich people so fucking wealthy and powerful that we're never, ever going to have any power against them again. And when you Mm -hmm. force these tyrannical 
fascistic points of views down people's throats, all for a sense of political identity, these people mm -hmm. don't know themselves. They are not intelligent, they are not wise, and they are definitely not fucking Christians. Uh, the kindness is gone. What do you think is going on with this? These dude bros, you see them online all the time, fighting against their own best interests. <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't. It's just a case of people, like I said, just not paying attention to what's actually happening or stopping to think about if what they're saying actually makes sense or yeah. helps them or will help well, them get ahead. And I say all that to set up the fact that when you get criticisms about Star Trek, it's all these fuck nuts that un don't yeah. understand the importance of freedom. This is freedom. Gay people want equality and freedom. Black people and black women, like Ohura, want equality and freedom. And when you treat an online screen kiss of Captain Kirk and Ohura as some horrible, awful, regressive thing, what does that say about your fucking values? You're gonna, you have the audacity to scream and bitch about an interracial kiss? Good grief, get over it. <laughs> yeah. And fun fact about what I just told you, I just read in that article. So initially, that kiss was not even supposed to be shown in the Deep South. Right. So it was supposed to be, there was one version yeah. with the kiss and one version with an embrace. Mm. And William Shatner intentionally fucked up that take. He made a funny face in the middle of it, the very end so of it. So they couldn't use it. So they couldn't use it. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we, we kind of get on Shatner nowadays because he's not as liberal as we'd like. He's not as woke as we'd like, you mm -hmm. know. Some, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's a pretty, you know, forward-thinking thing. Yeah. And that's what I mean, you guys, is that being a liberal or being progressive doesn't have to be this effeminate thing. It doesn't have to necessarily be this weak thing. At the end of the day, I'm still a tough motherfucker. I work out. I run. I still like contact sports. At the end of the day, I have trouble with football taking advantage of these people with the traumatic brain injuries and all that. But I, I can watch MMA, I can watch football, but at the end of the day, it's about evolving to a point where you understand that it's to each their own. If you want to be a fighter, great, have fun getting your face caved in. Me, I'm going to be over here not getting my face caved in watching baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we give people the freedom to live their lives as they see fit, and they don't understand that. They think we're trying to ram through this, you know, this... this gay trans agenda or this this liberal agenda it's like you guys who do you think gave you the 40-hour work week who do you think you have to thank for getting unemployment insurance when you lose your job at the end of the day if it wasn't for the liberal agenda we would all be slaves mm -hmm. speak on that well, yeah it's true i mean yeah they don't think about the fact that these policies from the past Give them the 40-hour work week. Give right. it so kids don't and have unions. to work. And unions. And Republicans and then, are anti-union. Well, I yeah. worked out at the Army base. All these Republicans were friends of mine, and they're all telling me to vote no. I'm like, why would I vote no for collective bargaining? Fuck no. I voted for yeah. it, and we got unions, and guess what? It saved my job. Yeah, it did. And the <laughs> things that... If these things were taken away, they'd be the first ones in line crying about it. Well, that's what I but, mean. Yeah. Why would you fucking root? Well, they're like, well, because it's all a waste of money. Everything's a waste of money. Four years of paying Trump was a waste of money. But here we yeah. are. 
least just a waste of money that goes towards helping you when you need it. It gives you leverage that you require. That's yeah. right. And at the end of the day, this country, you know, all day Fox News and Fox Business talk about how we squander money. But never do they think about, gee, maybe we could raise the, the corporate tax rate on billionaires and billionaire companies. They And they get these stooges to go, oh, we can't be doing these things. Why? How does this affect you? And we're not talking about taxing them anything weird. We're talking about taxing that we used to tax corporations back in the day, upwards of 65%. Now it's down to a, to, it's so low where they pay less taxes yeah. than their secretary. Mm-hmm. And all we're saying is bring it back to 35% for God's sake. Uh, yeah. Stupid. And, and Read a book. Just don't. <laughs> they don't. The, the poor people defending that are like seeing that as like punishing the rich, but they don't realize they're not cognizant of how huge a billion dollars is. Well, or how much that actually is and how little the 35 percent. Before of that I forget, is. think about this. These Fox News viewers who see themselves as such rugged individualists, which they're not because they're completely sheepled. They're completely hornswoggled in this horseshit mentality of defending and protecting the rich at any cost. They would rather get rid of Social Security for regular working people than to simply tax the rich. Yeah. Think about that. <laughs> Think of the foolishness. Yeah. Something that they've been paying into that will help them when they retire. Yeah. And, and so we set all that up because I'm, I don't want this to be an hour of picking on Republicans because we know all, we all know they're foolish. We all know they're idiots and we all know that they're regressive. And so what is Star Trek in its quintessential form? What is it trying to teach us? It's trying to teach us forward thinking progress, forward thinking values. At the end of the day, when we cling to these old, fashion outmoded ways of thinking and living we are not on the right side of history speak on that yeah. well progress happens whether you whether like, you it, like or not. it or not it's <laughs> gonna right. happen so well, might as well go along with it and see the benefits of it and use the benefits of it well and i i keep saying this but at the end of the day people with idle hands have no they have too much time on their hands to criticize everything else out there have you noticed that conservatives, they don't read books, they don't write books, they don't get ahead, they just sit around and bitch all the time, and they don't keep themselves busy enough or educated enough to see the utility and stuff, and so what do they do? They cry about all the things out in society that they don't like. Well, if you just ignored it, you wouldn't care so much. What do you care what two gay people are doing in the privacy of their own fucking bedroom? Yeah. Well, and a lot of times, too, these people that are screaming about stuff, they're being overworked and taken advantage of. They're working 80 hour weeks. They're not spending time with their families. They're not doing things that would actually benefit their lives. Yes, exactly. And when we started all these programs back in the 50s and 60s to help create more fairness in our society, these things weren't written in stone. They have to continue to grow as society changes. And now that we're this overpopulated, hyper-corporate society, we've got to start pulling our policies to reflect our values. Yeah. Not quasi-fake Christian values, but real values. Yeah, for sure. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But before we get too much in the weeds, I want to kind of set this up because we've been at it for 25 minutes and we haven't really set it up yet. But you have an article there, babe, and I want to go over just the main highlights and the main points of it because I want to start making a real, real case of why Star Trek is supposed to, um, you know, change us from within internally, get us to start thinking about things in a more progressive way. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, the article, I'm really, yeah, like you said, I'm just going to do the main points of it. Because yeah. the article just gets into the weeds about the shows, which is awesome. But but it's know. not necessary yeah. here, yeah. But it's just titled, Seven Lessons Star Trek Taught Us About Life, Leadership, and Diversity. So, the first one is Never Stop Exploring. Yeah. And it just starts off, Star Trek is at, it root, at its roots an exploratory series. Well, and what does and that teach it. us, do you think? Just to get out of our own little... Get out of get our, out own our own comforts, get out, out of our, our own bubble, get mm-hmm. out of our own life. Yeah. Look at the world with a sense of adventure. Yeah. You know, I, I think of these conservatives living in these red states with these crappy jobs. I mean, Jesus Christ, what would you do if you want a vacation to Mexico? Go down there and then start making fun of the brown people? Jesus Christ, <laughs> variety. We live on a planet of different races. Get over it, Jesus. I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, like you said, just getting out of your, your little microcosm and realizing there's more to life out there. Well, exactly. I mean, gosh, at the end of the day, we want people to live up to their best life. And when we give everyone the right to do that, including conservatives, that's what I mean. They become these soldiers to the cause, and they've, they're really just not smart enough to understand progress. Yeah, and it's not like... Not liberal progress. No. Human we're not, progress. We're not taking away <laughs> their lives or their ability to live their lives. We're just taking no. away their ability for them to push their things on everyone else. Like, right. they're saying we're pushing our agenda, but our agenda... Does not preclude them from living their life as they see fit. Exactly. They want to push on policies that actually fundamentally change your freedoms. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to read certain books. They want you to become Christian, even if that's not your upbringing or that's not your values. And they want to push their, uh, you know, uh, anti-trans agendas, which... By the way, there were no trans people in the Bible. It never stipulated that. So how they decided that is they've come to their own hateful conclusions. And and besides that, God, Jesus Christ was a brown socialist that they would hate. And they use him as a cudgel for something nefarious. Speak on that. Well, yeah, they they have no concept of what he actually was and stood for. Yeah. Like, I've seen memes that, you know, if he if he himself walked into a church, he'd be kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah they well, just don't understand the values behind all that. Yeah, and let's circle that back around to the topic of exploring. Mm-hmm. You know, traveling makes you more worldly. Traveling off-planet would even make you more worldly than that. And at the end of the day, what we want is for people to think beyond their little local white bread mentalities it's like you were saying the other day at the grocery store some of these fuck nuts that come in there 
talk about that and we'll 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 use that as an example. Which which part? The <laughs> the, the just constantly being surrounded by MAGA dipshits. Yeah. Well, yeah, like every day I see at least 5 to 10 shirts like I'm an Oregonian, second amendment rights, we'll work for ammo, Trump train, Oregon for Trump. Like Right. And Jesus and so I, and I'm not against the the second amendment, but if that is There's, your that's the your hill you want to die on. Yeah. yeah, what does that say about how fucking yeah. overly serious and weird you are i mean good mm-hmm. grief get a fucking sense of humor will you yeah it's, <laughs> it's bizarre yeah it's really weird well and i'm a military guy man i grew up with guns but i just i've never fetishized them it's like the these right. it's like it's almost like they've got no dicks and they just want their dicks to be these guns and they we're gonna shoot the things we don't like with our dicks yeah. It's like this extension and, of their manhood or something. I know. It's retarded. And you, you know, you say you're a military guy. You just don't see the need for military weapons to be in the hands of civilians for no reason. That's all. I just don't want AR-15s and M-16s in the hands of untrained civilians. At the end of the day, we don't need them. If we had a use for them, no. we would use them. And there's the, the reason why they're military-grade weapons. Yeah. At the end of the day, you wouldn't pump a deer with 30 shots of fucking you know of rounds you just wouldn't do it Mm -mm. they would ruin the meat and so this idea that we need to gun fetishize you know and that was the really the change that i saw in the nra i was a junior nra member back in the old days back when it just was about responsible gun ownership without the hysteria and they've gone to hysterics and they've gone to extremes to the point where they think that just closing gun show loopholes is somehow tyrannical. Yeah. All the while still pushing for ultra MAGA tyrannical shit. Yeah. And it's just so hypocritical it that is. they don't even see it. No. They, they want don't. to force their limited understanding of the world on everyone else. And they want to force all these right wing, very unpopular views on society and then when we push back, oh, it's because we're tyrannical. Like no, mm-hmm. fighting tyranny isn't tyrannical. Yeah. Fighting to tyranny is freedom loving. Yeah, it is. It's bizarre. The most patriotic thing you can de- do in this world is be a patriot and fight for freedom. And they don't understand. They have no concept of actual freedom. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, having an exploratory sensibility to want to expand your horizons, to include other races and cultures and species into the fold makes us stronger and better mm-hmm. and we're better for it we're more open-minded we it's like the borg we use their biological distinctiveness and we capitalize on every species strength at the end of the day if people understood that that the brown man is not your enemy for god's sake um, we would get a whole lot further and, you know, I just don't know what's happening to these people's brains. It's like Fox News is turning their brains into fucking scrambled eggs, dude. And mm-hmm. you don't need those you don't need those kind of problems, man. I have nothing against people being conservative, but when it turns you into a fool and a selfish hypocritical anti Christian, anti freedom fool, well now we've got ourselves a problem. Yeah. So next of the seven lessons that Star Trek taught us, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Or the one. Or the one. Yeah, yeah. no, and that's simple. You want right. to read up on read on that or 
Nah, it's just, you know, it comes from that iconic scene between Spock and Kirk, and yeah. he sacrificed himself to save Star Trek 3, search for Spock, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah, so he... Or sacri- at the end of Star Trek 2, I should say, and then yeah. it continued on yeah. in 3, yeah. So he sacrificed himself to save everyone else, and... Yeah, so, I mean, at the end of the day, you guys, I mean, you know, we don't trade lives like Captain America says. What he means is is that we don't trade one life for another. Everybody is unique, and we do not uh, give in to hostage demands. We do not give in to tyranny. We do not give in to tyrannical terrorist mentalities. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to tell you here, is that I don't think all Republicans are bad people, but they're certainly not aware enough to understand that they're sneaking in tyrannical points of view, forcing their limited world understanding on others, and a lot of these things are not popular. At the end of the day, right now, there's a bunch of legislators in red states trying to push these agendas that are very unpopular even for republicans and then they'll get vetoed and then they'll undo the veto so they're they don't understand actual democracy if you don't get your way you don't get to rig the system until you get your way you go with what the democracy wants you go with what the majority of people want and that's what i mean about the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few you are the few we are the many. Yeah. Get it straight, dickhead. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's just a, a case of them using their power to help the few rich people that are in their little circle yeah. instead of the whole country. Or their limited quasi-fascistic point of view on Christianity. Yeah. You're not supposed to use Christianity to force this anti-trans, anti-gay agenda uh, in this hateful, spiteful, almost quasi-violent way. Like, you're missing all the teachings of Christianity, for God's sake. And it's making yeah. Christianity look bad, which good Christians are like, hey, whoa, Christianity is supposed to mean something. You're diluting yeah. the sanctity of good religion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, babe, what's the next one? Which kind of goes right into number three, embrace diversity. Yeah, it's not rocket science. If you've got a problem with someone because they're different from you, maybe it's you that has yeah. the problem. Maybe you're the problem. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, like, here's a good for example. So the the late the old lady that lives next door to us, she's lived with a she's lived next to us for like eight years. She finally moved away. And um, the house is being um, repaired by some Latinos. And um, they, they, they're hardworking. They seem like nice people. Well, you know, they've just been making so much noise, you know. Good grief. It's like, and they, they don't seem to understand, like, time. Like, you can't be making these loud, crazy-ass noises at 8, 9 o'clock at night when people are trying to relax after a long day and so I, one day the window was open in our kitchen and uh, they were making a bunch of racket and that and you know how you know how you make a big something you say something loud in a bar right when the, when there's a lull and then you sound like the idiot yeah, yeah. well it was kind of one of those things i went shut the fuck up right and they all they, yeah they heard it right and i'm like oh shit like i didn't mean you know i was just I was so tired of all the constant noise, you know. And um, he comes up, one of the kids comes over, he's like this teenage kid, 
He's like, hey, I'm Carlos. I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? I said, dude, I didn't mean, you know, I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm trying to have a nice, quiet, relaxing weekend. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. My dad wanted me to come over here and say he was sorry and all this. And I was like, oh, it's okay. And, I, and, and I'm like, well, I'm a podcaster. And it's kind of hard to podcast when you're always making noise, right? It's nothing personal. I know you're trying to get a, a job done and all this. And he's like, oh, what's the name of it? And I told it to him. He wrote it down and all that. Anyway, but my point is, is that I don't care that you're Hispanic. I like Hispanic people. I, I grew up in California, um, and I wanted to make sure that he knew it wasn't That's because not what there it was right. right exactly because around here there's some people that that would it, be the problem. That would be yeah. the issue is that yeah. they take issue with their being brown or Mexican rather than just the noise making. And so, yeah. um, and, and from that point on, they were good, man. No noise, no problems. They were making noise after that, but it was always within, you know, at, before 630 in the evening, right? And, and uh, I was just, but I made darn sure he knew this was not a racial thing because at the end of the day, I mean, that's, God, that's the world we live in now where white guys have to make sure that they're not being misogynist. Like, if I say something negative towards a female, I want you to know it's about that particular female. It's not about your right. gender. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I mean, we have to be very careful in these life and times. And why is that? Because all these fucking booger pickers are screwing it up for everybody else. At the end of the day, we've become, we've had to be get hyper- sensitive to uh, those differences because some people are still knuckle dragging their way into the 21st century speak on that well yeah like you said you do have to make sure that people realize you're not homophobic or racist and that any problems you have aren't because of who they are yeah like Racially or whatever. I've hung out with black people, Latinos, Chinese people, Asians, Filipino. I don't care about race. Um, that doesn't mean that I want to eat your yucky salt. You know, I had this Filipino friend growing up, and they're, I, I come over to their house and they're like, hey, you want some chips? I'm like, sure, I'll have some chips. They were <laughs> baked sardines, and they were salty and greasy. I'm like, ugh, you know, so I tried it, and it was all right. It wasn't my favorite. But, but my- at the same time, how boring would it be without ethnic food? Exactly. I great. love me some ethnic food. Oh, not yeah. necessarily fishy. Like, I like fish, but not fishy, you know. But I just mean to say that, yeah, we. what would this world be if it was just a bunch of fucking boring white breads? Yeah. I mean, come on. Variety is the spice of life is a saying for a reason. It, it certainly is. Well, and at the end of the day, I've learned so much from various cultures. And, I, I, you know, you live on a planet. You know, we're the ones that invented sovereign borders. We're the ones that invented all these walls, put up all these walls between countries and lands. At the end of the day, we're all on the same planet. And if we can't get used to our, our, each other's differences, how on earth are we going to get used to Andorians or some other alien species, for yeah. God's sake, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Next one, babe. Next one is to squest, question. What? <laughs> question the status quo. Yeah. And it goes on to say, I do want to read a tiny yeah, bit. Yeah, um, Star Trek wasn't afraid to poke holes in the politics and beliefs of our times. There are several episodes in every series that challenge viewers to look at their culture and ask themselves what is truly right. 
Yeah, well, and the status quo, you guys, is something that you that we fight against. We have found ourselves in times where we've got corporate oligarchies taking over our entire economy. We've got overpopulation. And instead of fighting against tyranny and monopolies and all these other problems, people would rather you believe that it has to do with those guys over there. And at the end of the day, Fox News is trying to push a narrative that it's not the rich people that are hoarding wealth that's the problem. Oh, no, no, nay, 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 as Bailey Syrian would say. Uh, no, no, it's it's the poor people who desire and crave more. They should know their place. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, just because that. something is the way it is doesn't mean that's the best way. That's not the best way, right. And socially, we evolve when we start to understand that things could get better. And the reason why I get so fucking pissed off at these Republicans is not just because they're hateful, not just because they give Christianity a bad name, and not just because they're misogynist and racist, although that is a major part of it, but it's also that imagine what we could have in this country if we started building infrastructure again. For God's sake, there's countries in Asia and Europe that have high-speed fucking rail. And guess what? We never get cool shit anymore, all because a bunch of fucking people who can't socially evolve are holding us back from working together to create the infrastructure to have a bold new vision for America. Mm -hmm. Speak on that. Yeah, it's just that, well, this is how it is. Well, yeah, but it could be better. Mm-hmm. So maybe think about how things could change and it could be better. Well, and they've got all these wealthy, white patriarchies speaking on behalf of the business interests in America. And somehow they've convinced these dumb, poor motherfuckers that we have to surrender all of our rights for the corporate agenda and you get these people fighting against their own sense of urgency of better pay better treatment imagine if we lived in a world where we didn't have to work for these fucked up corporations at all at the end of the day i'm not saying all companies and corporations are bad i like the work that google does sometimes i like that some of the neat new innovative things that we're doing in this world but that doesn't mean that i want to sell my freedom and happiness for some corporate agenda just so that uh, the wealthy, you know, get a free ride through life while we get stuck with the bill. And what I mean by that is that we're the labor force. We're the backbone of labor. And the way they have all this rigged and designed is we're doing all the work and they're getting all the money. And Walmart and Costco and all these corporations are have more money than the, the GDP of a major country. And that sort of inequality is just not fucking sustainable. Instead of getting mad at the corporation like you should, you're getting mad at the liberal agenda. You're getting mad at the gays. Good grief. What a wayward set of priorities. Speak on that. Well, yeah. Why can't there be a balance of enjoying the products and the things that these corporations do, but also holding them accountable? Right. That's all and it is. And paying their fair share to, as far as taxes and wages. And yeah. there, there can be a balance of both because they're going to be just fine if we tax them a little bit more. That's right. And if we get paid more, 
will be able to afford more of their products. Well, and maybe Republicans wouldn't try to take away our earned benefits if uh, rich people paid their fair share in taxes. There would be more money coming into the government, and then they wouldn't feel so eager to get rid of earned benefits. And, and what it boils down to is the Republican Party has become nothing more than a means to siphon wealth from the poor and give it to the rich and make sure that the rich are doing as good as possible. And yet these fools on the ground level don't understand the big picture and I just want to slap these fools. It's like good grief. Wake up, stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You know? So yeah, going back around to the status quo, we you question the status quo because look at other countries. If you can see with your own two eyes that it can be done better, why on earth would you not want that for yourself? For mm-hmm. God's sake, <laughs> wake up, stupids. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Okay, babe, what's the next one? Next one is to lead boldly, but also listen. Okay, you want to set that up? Yeah, well, it just kind of goes to say every Star Trek series has a captain with his or her own distinctive personality. Mm -hmm. But whatever their personality, however, each of these captains certainly occupied the chair with dignity and class, but still willing to admit they needed the help of others to do the job correctly. Yeah, so being a good leader, I've been a leader many, many times. And in the military, they teach you that being a leader is not about ego it's not about arrogance it's about who can make the sacrifice play who can look at the big picture who can orchestrate this group of people in a way where the best outcomes happen and that takes more than just arrogance or superiority and that's the problem with leadership here on earth is they get a big fucking head about it I've had many, many supervisorial positions, and I can tell you, the only difference between you as a supervisor and some underling is that you have a different scope of practice. At the end of the day, we need emotionally intelligent people who aren't going to get a big head about being in charge. And that's another problem with these fucking politicians. Good grief. They get a big head about it. Look at Kirsten Cinema, Democrat. She's going to get primaried out because... She's an independent now. Oh, she's an independent now. Yeah. <laughs> All she d- has done and since she got into office is hobnob with the rich. Yeah. What in the fuck, girl? Yeah, she got in with these ideas that sounded democratic and cool, and then she got in and realized completely one eighty that from shit. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that was like uh, back in two thousand eight when the Tea Party was coming up and the libertarian movement. Is that the Tea Party? You know why you don't hear the word Tea Party anymore? Is because of astroturf. Once they saw that they could be bought out, they went away. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the whole point of the Tea Party was to not get bought out by these corporate agendas. And at the end of the day, the reason why they don't exist anymore is because they became a part of the greater right-wing brain yeah. trust. Yeah. They were... <laughs> they, they sold their values for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good grief. Wake up, stupids. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing about bold leadership is that when they say bold, it means you have to make really tough calls that could affect the outcome of somebody's life. But you lead through best practices. You lead through listening to 
your staff. Oh, yeah. And you make the best decision that's going to have what? The best outcome for the most amount of people. And that's what yeah. a democracy is. Yeah, well, absolutely. Like, as a leader, you should have ideas of how you want things to go, but you should also be open to ideas from other people. Because yeah. everyone has their own ideas about things. And right. You well, never know what could work. If Trump what actually had policies that worked out for regular working people, I'd say, hey, Trump supporters, you got yourself a good point there. But what you have instead is this rich, spoiled, rotten, fat cat suit living a life of impunity and, and giving his people nothing to go on except for liberal tears. They're not, he's not bettering jobs, he's not bettering infrastructure, he's not doing any of those things. So now he lost because of the way he handled COVID, the way he handled America, this double tripling down on his manlyhood. Like, good grief, you're a fucking moron guy. And we can all see it now. And so then uh, Biden gets in as president, does all these radical, takes all these radical steps to get our economy back in order after dipshit fucked it all up. And now you've got these people just yelling and screaming about Biden and Hunter's laptop. It's like, good grief. These people don't know what's good for them no matter what. And that's what I mean is that they've been lied to so much. They become these soldiers to the cause without understanding cause and effect. And at the end of the day, if Biden is giving you a bump in your paycheck or giving you some freedom or amenity that you didn't have before, why on earth would you want to eradicate that for the MAGA movement? Good grief. Well, Speak on that. And the difference between them is absolutely what this lesson was to lead boldly, but also listen. Like right. Trump surrounded himself with yes men and people who would just follow blindly what he wants to do. Right. And while now look Biden at all the, look at all the criminal. Sorry, but look at all the criminal behavior that's now ro- c- coming to roost after that four years of complete ass fuckery and and that's what i mean is if these people aren't going to be bold leaders and do things right and they just follow blindly yeah nobody ever checked trump to say hey maybe that's not a good idea go ahead sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say while biden actually surrounds himself with advisors who actually know their different subjects and he's open to suggestions and he's open to things that will help him be a better leader because he listens and doesn't take just his own point of view into right. account. Well, it reminds me of Obama when he had to, you know, he had to do an unpopular thing, which was to save GM, save save the um, car manufacturing in America. And he could have let it fail, but he took bold steps because he knew it was going to take out a major sector of our economy. And while in retrospect we could say well maybe he shouldn't have done that maybe we should have let these corporate assholes you know fail it would have destroyed our economy and our gdp yeah and at the end of the day my point is is that all day every day democrats you know and i'm not a democrat i'm not just fighting for democrats i'm fighting for best practices i just feel like democrats don't get enough credit for being bold visionaries and yet when you look at obama and biden compared to trump and all these crazy silly things they're i mean they claim to be the the adults and yet we're the ones that take all the bold steps to fix things and yet get none of the credit it's like god man it's just fox news could talk you out of air if you let them 
<laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. These people would stop breathing oxygen if you told them it was it was, you know, liberal tears. <laughs> yes, they would. <laughs> After they told you that, you know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. So number six is in every decision use logic and emotion. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the one thing about, you know, Vulcans is they say that Vulcans are without emotions. And yet what Spock will tell you is that actually they're much deeper than that. They they are more emotional than humans. And so they use logic and reason to counter the fact that they're these deeply emotional and spiritual people. Right. And that's the thing is that you have to lead through um, stability and balance, but also um, your emotions are what give you the humanity to understand what's right for people, what's right for what's best practices. Speak yeah, on that. It's just, it gives you the balance. I mean, right. you have to use logic, absolutely, but you also have to pay attention to what your gut tells you or what emotionally would be better. You have to use the balance of things, just like in life. Well, yeah, you know, the problem with Trump is that he leads through absolutist black or white mentalities. Do it my way, even if my way is wrong. And that's why we reject, you know, dictators. That's why we reject dictators across the world, because they're not bold. They're, they do things the wrong way. They're on the wrong side of history, and they're going to lead us down a rabbit hole of dysfunction and decay. And... We need our conservative brothers and sisters to wake the fuck up at least. I'm not telling them to go become liberals, but wake up enough to challenge your own party when they're going astray. Primary these bastards and get people in there that care about working American Republicans again, not just fascists and MAGA ultra extremists who are going to take us down this rabbit hole of deceit and deception. These people don't know how to get things done. And at the end of the day, it will lead us to a life of totalitarian fascist ruin. I just don't, I don't know why they don't see it. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Last one, babe. Last but not least is to learn from entities that are better than you. Yeah, well, it's yeah. Having the humility to realize that, oh, I don't know everything. Maybe I can learn something from this person. Well, and that's another problem with Trump. Mm-hmm. He's not smart enough to admit when other people are smart, smarter than him. Yeah. And so we just go down this rabbit hole of kissing the king's ring rather than doing what's right for America. At the end of the day, you know, they've tricked these fools into thinking that everything that Democrats do is foolish and foolhardy and stupid and crazy. And yet every time, if you look at the statistics, every time we have a Republican in office, they fuck up our economy. They they fuck up the jobs. We become more fascistic. They start rooting around in our personal lives in ways that are weird and creepy. They, they pervert our justice system. They pervert uh, our, our healthy sexual norms. They just do weird shit. And at the end of the day, they cl- had the audacity to claim that <laughs> the left are the ones that don't like freedom. We love freedom more than you because all you want to do is dictate everything about our uteruses and our sexuality and the way we work our jobs and the way we feel about ourselves. They want to take away our personal identity and make us automatons for the ultra mega cause and I, I don't see 
how any of that leads to better a better world frankly no i don't either and people like him just see asking others for help or looking at other points of view as a weakness right. instead of a strength the best the biggest strength you have is your when you're in charge you have these resources use them yeah exactly and if you fail to use them then you're the fool and if you're the fool being led by the fool then what does that say about you if you're so foolish to, to the blind leading the blind and you're letting this guy lead your whole movement and lead your whole cause without resorting to best practices or resorting to people with the expertise to know better how on earth are you going to get better it's a blind yeah, leading the blind cult yeah. mentality that is a it, it's a socio-economic socio-political cul-de-sac we're going to look back on this trump and trumpism as this massive thing that happened that yes exposed the hate and exposed the stupidity of our culture um but uh, think about how long this diversion is going to take to recover from 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years before we can start getting back to, oh, I don't know, making a better world for all people, not just the left and not just the right, but everyone. Yeah. Best practices, infrastructure, doing things boldly to create a better society. And we can't do that if we don't have Republicans voting on bills. They don't want Biden and the Democrats to get credit for it. It's like, God. Oh, I know. They're so destructive. Like, they're the they're such a destructive force to progress. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I know to the uninitiated, it sounds like we're just being harsh, but I don't think people quite understand the seriousness of flirting with fascism. Please get the audience to understand that we're not trying to be mean or cruel to conservatives. We have conservative friends. All day, every day, we talk to conservatives. Some of them are, con are pretty nice people, but if you're willing to ignore these very important problems with your party and these mentalities, uh, we're gonna continue having to deal with politicians that aren't getting rooted out of our system. We keep voting fascism in, we keep voting tyranny in, we keep voting for these, these um, gangster government type people like Trump we're never going to have best practices to lead to a more prosperous society. Tell yeah. tell the folks that we're not trying to be mean or cruel to these people. We're, we're just trying to get people to understand that if you don't adhere to science and reason, uh, we will be, we'll just be another totalitarianistic dictator government like these banana republics out there in, yeah. in the world. Well, we're just trying to get people to open their eyes and pay attention to what's actually happening. Yeah. I mean, so, that's that's it yeah and and you know i, I th this would be a good time to talk i saw this meme the other day so there's this meme with captain picard here and it says when i meet a hardcore conservative who loves star trek but embraces none of its values and below it says what the hell are you doing here <laughs> exactly. and he's got this puzzled look <laughs> on his face and oh, that's yeah. the thing like my my good friend is a he's, he's loved star trek way before maga but now he's like this maga guy and it's like they don't see all they do is criticize wokeness without understanding the need <laughs> to open up and expand your horizons and become more open-minded become more freedom loving they're not these people aren't freedom loving only insofar as they want the freedom for the economy to be wrecked by corporatists they don't care yeah. about freedom of regular people speak on that no. well i just don't understand 
people that have that mindset that love Star Trek. Like, you're missing the whole entire point. Mm. Right. And it's like I just said before we did this, and I think I've said before, but like Paul Ryan saying he loves Rage Against the Machine. Well, dude, (laughs) you're the machine. You are the machine. (laughs) It's just this disconnect. Mm. Like, you do realize that this thing you love goes against everything you think you stand Mm. for. Well, and at the end of the day, I don't mean to sound mean, but I don't want to live in a society where everybody's packing heat. This ain't the fucking Wild West, and you are not trained in guns as good as I am. Sorry, I was in the military. I understand urban assault. I understand how to clean a weapon. I understand the mechanics of using this gun, this tool, to fight against tyranny. And instead, it's being used to fight for tyranny in our country today with these you know homegrown terrorists domestic terrorism yeah i know and they're creating a society of riled up weirdos that are fighting and who are they shooting they're shooting black folk they're they're shooting young folk they're shooting liberal folk and trans folk it's like god these people aren't hurting you no so people need to understand where these mentalities come from and how they can uh, fester into things that are very unhealthy for our society. Mm-hmm. No, they just they don't understand the core of what it all stands for. It's right. Just these slogans and these act tough things, and yeah, they don't understand where it's actually coming from. Well, how insecure do you have to be to want to be an alpha? If you're an alpha, just go be an alpha. Right. Yeah. Being an alpha should mean being a good father, a good breadwinner, uh, masculine. But without having to talk about it all the time. All you do is talk about being an alpha, and yet I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I'm more yeah. of an alpha than you guys are. Why? Because I just, I do what's right, and I shut the fuck up, and I live my life. That's what being a true man is about. But yeah. they, they want to create this culture of me versus you, and them versus us, and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, that is just not a winning strategy. No, it's not. Well, and before we go on our... Um, liberal high horse (laughs) I want people to understand that that we're coming from a place of just being ordinary people god damn people are fucking getting brainwashed these days by everything and and if you're willing to sacrifice I mean if your parents if you grew up in the church and you grew up with parents and now you're this soldier for Donald Trump and all these regressive hateful policies um your parents' teachings didn't fucking stick. Your Christian values didn't fucking work. And so, yeah. at the end of the day, Star Trek is about inclusion, about understanding how to rally your resources for the greater good. Good grief. It's not that hard. And yet, nowadays, they want to make everything woke. They want to make Star Trek woke. Well, yeah, it's woke. Jesus Christ. It's... T- the whole point of Gene Roddenberry's vision for Star Trek is to say, we don't have to be a bunch of grunting, alpha, posturing assholes. That we can use our words. That we yeah. can use our voice. Well, and the way they use the word woke. Like, if it shows a woman mm. in a position of power, oh, that's woke. If it shows <laughs> that a gay person exists, it's overused. then it's woke. Yeah. Then it's just... Yeah, no, yeah. everything they don't like is woke. Yeah. It's like, god damn. Mm-hmm. You know, or it's socialist. It's like, you know, I hate to break it to you, but Star Trek talking about a time after disease, after poverty, where we don't acquire money anymore, 
I hate to break it to you, but yes, it's always been socialist, dummy. Yeah. And and this idea that we can't get past capitalism. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, the whole point of Star Trek is to teach us better values. There's only two roads that human beings can go into. That is materialism or tribalism. And you can either become like Star Trek or you can become like Avatar. At the end of the day, if we were tribal people that were more spiritually in touch with the Earth, that would be one way of going. What Star Trek is trying to say is, is that you can have materialism and still have moral, ethical priorities. That when you use materialism just to attain your needs, but not for greed, not for the uh, accumulation of wealth, not for the accumulation of power, that we can be an intelligent and uh, mindful society that grows and evolves. And so hopefully we get to a point where we better our technologies and we, uh, you know, become this one world uh, system that the entire universe is one galaxy working together for best practices and that we borrow from each other we learn from each other we grow from each other we lean on each other in a time of need i mean fuck and so um i wanted to go into um this article about uh star trek discovery now there's a lot of star trek fans that don't like star trek discovery and i'm probably one of the rare exceptions that do like it now can I admit that sometimes it gets a little bit too weepy and like, God damn, Michael, quit crying. Like, yes, it's too dramatic sometimes. I'll admit, yes. Um, but all that being said, you know, a lot of people don't like it because it was almost too idealized. It was too sophisticated. It, it kind of ran with Star Trek to its inevitable conclusion of where we could take um, socialization and technology to its ultra limits. And a lot of people thought, whoa, 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 you're getting away from Star Trek here. Yeah. Well, not really. It's trying to just, you know, we're talking about a concept that was devised in the 50s and 60s. And so now that we're in the year 2023, we can now envision not only the, the, the pads and the technologies and the replicators, now we can envision a social culture where we're not so reliant on alpha male ego and posturing where we work together as equals to get a job done to get a task done and so i think in some ways yes i will admit that star trek discovery is not my favorite star trek but i think had they started star trek discovery after everything else and we're just like see what you what star trek could be I think yeah. it did an okay job. I think it did a good job of reestablishing because a lot of people get pissed about the new look for the Klingons. And I'm like, you know, the Klingons are kind of have become almost silly in a sense. So they were trying to return it to its scary roots to show mm-hmm. you that these were opposing dominant species of yeah. predators and that it made them scary again. So I like that. But, you know, for the sake of bringing back star trek picard they wanted to bring back you know wharf and they wanted to make turn you can't change the look of wharf at the last at the 11th hour you have to make him wharf so i I, i'm glad that they did what they did and they kind of abandoned that whole thing but at the end of the day i like some of the principles of star trek discovery because then they blast off into the future 700 years and now we've got technologies that even 
far surpass Strange New Worlds and any other kind of Star Trek. And I think a lot of people get bogged down by the female characters. They get bogged down by the crying or they get bogged down or uh, hijacked by the fact that they're, you know, we're allowing uh, women and men to be equals in this society. And it it fucks with some men. And it's like, yeah, dude, get over it. it. Women have value too, dude. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to quickly go into this article. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I want the rest of the show to really be about what our love of Star Trek is and why. At the end of the day, I want people to understand that Star Trek is not this thing where, oh, we like it because we're wimpy. Oh, we like it because we're pussies. No, God. You know, that's the problem is I think sometimes conservatives get too wrapped up in the fact that there's a lot of liberals out there who are kind of gentle and then they think we're all a bunch of wimps. It's like, good grief, let some people be gentle and some people aren't gonna be gentle. At the end of the day, let people be effeminate if they're effeminate. Let people be masculine if they're masculine. At the end of the day, it's about letting each other be yourself. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Okay, so I don't wanna get bogged down in the weeds with this article, I don't wanna read the whole thing. I just wanna kind of use it as a uh, template to start this conversation. Uh, There's a bunch of lessons learned that you can learn from Star Trek Discovery specifically. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, you know, don't like it. My point is, is that it had they had they did all the normal Star Trek first, lap first, and then do the different Star Trek last, it would have been an inevitable evolution of Star Trek. But because they started with it, I think yeah. it just blew people away. Like, whoa, 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 hold the phone there, fella, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to like Star Trek, especially... Uh, Discovery, even the, uh, especially the last season, I thought they did a pretty good job. But I wanted to uh, take this time to read this list, and we'll kind of go over this, okay? Okay. Okay. Lesson number one: the world needs different styles and conceptions of leadership, including shared leadership and collective purpose. Starfleet works only when the belief and practice of inclusion, participatory collective good, drives leadership and socio-political structures and decisions. Part of our love of Discovery is that it doesn't stop at one strong woman like too many shows. Strong women leaders of all ages, races, dimensions, and species unapologetically get things done. And true to our own dimension, women of color lead through example. The characters are complex and flawed, exhibiting a variety of leadership styles and models. The women who lead are angry, kind, humble, insincere, brilliant, impulsive, methodical, confident, visionary, pragmatic, fierce, and have agency. Uh, There are more fully human versions of men showing up, being courageous and supportive, uh, acknowledging mistakes and changing, being vulnerable and following as well as leading. Understanding the society's stubborn dwelling with the binary is unnecessarily limiting. Discovery seamlessly introduces non-binary characters, one of whom is most mostly not corporeal. So he's, you know, like Mm -hmm. that one character. Um, And yeah, let's talk about that real fast. I mean, a lot of people, you know, especially the right who get all bent out of shape about non-binary stuff is like the point is, and we've talked about this before, is that you're born who you are. If you happen to be gay, you happen to be gay. If you happen to be, you don't identify as the sex. Well, we don't know enough about biology to understand why that is. If 
somebody has a penis but they feel like a female on the inside well the brain is developed last after your sex characteristics so there might be something to this and why not just let people be what they are let them figure it out for themselves and quit being a part of the fucking problem <laughs> yeah absolutely you know I what agree. i mean yeah. yeah just let people be let them be that's right that's that's the emotional mature thing to do mm-hmm. right lesson two the way it's always been is a societal downfall. Progress yeah. requires a constant reassessment of what is socially acceptable. Kelp, uh, Kelpians enslaved and eaten. They used to be eaten, and now mm-hmm. they're a part of a starship, right? Yeah. Uh, inherent in the this is how it's always been thinking is an emotional uh, intra. In, in, in transcendence, good grief, <laughs> tied to past resentments and egotistical views of justice as synonymous with revenge. Holding on to past hurt and resentment can blind us from the truth we, now, uh, we need to grow as individuals and societies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, lesson three, know your history. All of it. Yeah. In this series, we follow characters as they were as they weave across different dimensions, outcomes, realities that are all the result of choices made given the options available to them. Through failure and loss, our characters learn that they need to understand their history, face past choices, and confront biases and fears in order to change existing and future realities and timelines. And so, yes, if you don't know your history, you're failed to repeat it. That's exactly. the problem with authoritarianism. We've learned this lesson by we had two world wars about it. We're not supposed to go back to totalitarianistic yeah. fascism. And that relates to <clears throat> personally, knowing your personal history. Right. With politically, with yeah. the world, with everything. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to know what came before so you can learn from it. That's we, the whole point is to learn from it. How do you not repeat mistakes if you don't know what came before exactly you know you know what you did right you know what you did wrong or society knows what it got wrong slave slavery was wrong which is like florida trying to erase all that stuff from history books like how are you supposed to know about it how are you going to learn from that and grow from that if we don't have the ball sack to see history for as it really was yeah they want to whitewash everything and make it look pretty instead of no some of the shit that happened was ugly let's make sure we don't repeat it by knowing what yeah. was wrong about that. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Lesson four, conditions create possibilities, so work on the conditions. Yeah, it says here, who we are is affected by our context, not just intrinsic personal characteristics. Discovery challenges the myth of the inherently good and the inherently bad. We get to know characters in one dimension and see them in a certain light, only to encounter them in a, another dimension within different circumstances, cultures, and drastically different manifestations of who they are. We are products of our contexts, and different circumstances and conditions diminish, nurture, and manifest different aspects of the same person. For a different future, we'll have to shift out of toxic individualism and zero-sum thinking and create shared values that feed and shape us. We have to work to create conditions for all people to thrive, not just... Mm -hmm white folks not just men not just religious folks all people yeah Yeah. absolutely and so if that was hard to understand i I think what that means is is that you like if you only saw me as a host you wouldn't see me as a person if you only saw me in the in the 
lens of how I act as a man, um, you would perhaps not see the part of me that is also inherently feminine or yeah. fair or kind or, you know, and so at the end of the day, different circumstances bring out different versions of us. And when you see people in different circumstances, it really fleshes out not only our character of who we are and what we care about, but it also fleshes out our limitations and what we have to grow and learn about. And that's why I'm not doing all this and saying all this to say, hey, we don't like conservatives. What we're saying is, is that if you're going to be conservative, uh, be fiscally conservative, but don't be a hypocrite. If you're going to be a Christian, don't be a hypocrite. At the end of the day, you're falling for a ruse that these people only want what's not popular for regular people, and they're tricking you. They're Trojan horsing shit that's not good for society. And if you keep falling for this shit, we're all going to be screwed. We need to work together to be a society. Yeah. Lesson five, there is no growth without risk and courage. Real change requires taking risks, and stepping into the unknown takes courage. Various storylines in the show illustrate how societally created fear and internalized oppression can prevent personal and collective growth and transformation. And then says Saru metamorphosis as he discovers the truth about uh, Vaharai. Uh, working across differences is difficult, and having inclusive and equitable social and economic arrangements takes a lot of work. Discovery's characters believe we can create an intentional and deeply diverse community from a point of shared values and a commitment to ethical principles. At a more micro level, the show has various examples of chosen families as communities with shared values. And it says the crew that jumps to the future with Michael, Hugh, Paul, Adira, and Gray, Michael and Book. Uh, Discovery also warns us that without trust, shared values, and respect for our different beliefs, society crumbles. And so and then it talks about the burn being, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so what, what we're getting at is that, you know, conservatives love their freedom. Conservatives love patriotism. They, 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 they want things to be simple and plain like it used to be, and that's probably why they get hateful and scornful of things they don't always understand. And what we're trying to say is, is we don't want to eradicate conservatism. What we want is for conservatism to grow and evolve into its most modern form so that we can all work together yeah. for an inclusive society where we can grow as a species. We can't keep getting held up by the most fascistic and small-minded points of view like Donald Trump. That motherfucker is going to be dead someday and we don't want to live in his image. We want to live for something bigger, better, bolder than stupid Donald Trump. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Right? Lesson six, good intentions aren't enough. A cornerstone of racial equity work, understanding and owning the distinction between intent and impact is central to a more mature society where mistakes are acknowledged, accountability is growth, and we work towards healing and transformation. What's more, so uh, co-creating shared values and processes that consider intended and unintended consequences to actions will lead to less unintended harm. Mm-hmm. And then it talks about the spore drive. The spore drive is a phenomenal leap in technology and the understanding of time and space, but it has unintended consequences harming entire worlds. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> once these consequences are known, ignoring them is a violent, is violent and unethical. 
So yeah, what do you think yeah. about that? Well, yeah, it's it's uncomfortable to acknowledge things that have happened that are wrong or harmful, but you have to acknowledge things, learn from it, and move on. How do you not grow if you don't admit that we used to be a society that enslaved black people? Yeah. How exactly. do you you know, how does the South become a better South if it doesn't admit that they were tyrants mm-hmm. against our own country? Yeah. You learn exactly. from these things. You, do. And you don't yeah, double down on it. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're embarrassed or you're uncomfortable, so you double down on things. No, yeah. you just say, oh, shit, that well, sucked. And this goes to show that we have to get rid of Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, and all these fucktards that are ruining good conservatism. There's good conservatives out there, but you wouldn't know it because it's being taken over by the crazies. These people that don't believe in inclusiveness, don't believe in other races, don't believe in equity or equality. They just want to double down on what hasn't worked. Low wages, bad jobs, bad mentalities, bad attitudes. And they want to bully, bully, bully their way into uh, power rather than earning it through respect. Yeah. Can't have that. Not no. in the year 2023. No. That's regressive. That's <laughs> yes, why we fight it. <laughs> yep. Lesson seven, following the rules doesn't make you ethical if the rules are unjust. If a system is crooked, then coloring inside the lines is not necessarily ethical. In Discovery, characters are faced with situations where one may need to break rules to abide by an ethical principle. Sometimes you have to work outside the system to achieve the vision like book did Mm -hmm. this lesson feels particularly poignant in light of the local to global uprisings for racial justice of 2020 and the ongoing protests over uh, ecological devastation in in indigenous nations in a racist system in a violently anti-black space simply following the rules of a white supremacist system is unethical more personally this lesson is embodied in the movement for black lives and so yeah at the end of the day i mean if if you can't get under the basic assumption that we're equal (laughs) you're just a part of the fucking problem we're just going to keep repeating history over and And over again never learning our lessons and we're just going to keep devolving it doesn't And to bring, it, to bring it back to that, yeah. specifically, like any rules based on that assumption, then those rules are wrong and they need to be broken or yeah. fixed. Sometimes or, the rules need to be broken. And that's yeah. what we mean about the status quo. Yep. Status quo capitalism is unethical, you guys. Why do you think I've found myself into podcasting? Because I've worked for systems out there long enough to see that they're shady. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with their systems. I don't agree with their values. I grew up on Star Trek. I grew up as a Christian. And now I'm sitting here at the, you know, the the the, the other end of the stick, broke, going, shit, I wish I could find a good job. Well, you know, that's why I look for jobs that meet my criteria, yeah. my yeah, sensibilities. Absolutely. Yeah. Lesson eight. Extractive economies wreck planets and their inhabitants and create conditions for further exploitative systems and structures every time. Uh, There are plenty of examples of wrong decisions and self-destructive systems in discovery, and many of them are tied to extractive economies and the commodification of living creatures and planets. In discovery, as in our own world, we grow when we pay attention to, we invest in what we measure. 
and uh, hollowing out planets, animals, and people leave us with empty and crumbling shells. Mm-hmm. And, and it says differences among dimensions and the planet with mining and human trafficking and enslavement and on and on and on. And so, yes. Yeah. And that's what Star Trek deals with a lot when we talk about Klingons, for example, is that Klingons are a proud and uh, aggressive people. Um, but Worf had to learn that sometimes, you know, like we were just, we're watching an episode right now where he mated with this Klingon woman in the holodeck and now he wants to marry her. And she's like, I don't want to marry you just because we fucked, (laughs) (laughs) but it's tradition. He's like, yeah, but it's a stupid tradition. Some traditions are meant to be broken, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to, you know, in the sense of what's real. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with marriage and the sanctity of marriage and all that. But at the end of the day, if you have an insolvent relationship with the person, you you got to break the rules. You got to let those people go. You can't let those force those people into domestic hell forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't meant to be. They're young people. They made mistakes and they grew as people. And so you have to make exceptions for rules. You have to make sure that societies grow from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. Lesson nine, lived experience is expertise. Lived experience is expertise. This is more about valuing and being able to bring our full selves than about diminishing the value of training or education. Both of of us have pursued higher education and we should know black women are in the most educated demographic in the US. In spite of this, and our own experiences of having to excel in order to be uh, considered for positions and roles available to much less experienced and educated white and male counterparts, women of color have significantly lower incomes than white women and men in general. Both of us belong to tiny percentages of women of color in our roles, black women leaders in the legislature, immigrant Latina women in philanthropic leadership our education is part of what prepares us for our roles and our lives our personal experiences the way we are treated viewed interacted with in the world gives us deep knowledge and perspectives that cannot be taught we must make space for leaders with lived experience in the areas they work and we uh, must give them the support power and material gain available to those with more mainstream trajectories yeah, and so what do you think that all means, babe? Just means that you have to take people's experience into account, not just necessarily their education or where they came from. Like, yeah, you've experienced certain things, and that can kind of help you be better in this particular field or this particular yeah. area. Well, I have a lived-in personality. I have tons of experience, and yet people they want all this education, and you can't buy intelligence, man. Some people with college educations are fucking morons. They don't know what to do with it all yet. Yeah. You gotta have experience to understand how to use education and use experience for the greater good. And a lot of people just don't have the balls. They don't have the grit or tenacity to use their intellect and wisdom in a way that's appreciable and meaningful to produce better outcomes. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, that's the problem with Donald Trump. They're all bending to this one man, and we all know he's a sh- stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It doesn't work, and here we are bending the knee, kissing the ring of this dumb, dumb, hateful, scornful man, and yet you see them like on the CNN town hall just laughing, clapping about sexual abuse. Like, good grief. Is this what I don't want to believe that this is what 
the Republican Party's become, and yet a big swath of it are just stupid and yeah. hateful. And it's like, God damn, man, how are we going to get anywhere if half the fucking population of the country is still shitting on the fucking chessboard? You know? I know. Luckily, I don't think it's half. Yeah, it's no, still, I don't either. Yeah, I think I think I think progressiveness probably makes up three quarters, mm-hmm. and there's that quarter that's just so. the loud squeaky wheels. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think we got to teach these people that progressivism and uh, you know adult mature thinking doesn't have to sound wimpy. It doesn't have to be weird or goofy. It's about just God. Live and let live, man. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> it's about sure. freedom. And these they quote they say they're the freedom party. They say they're the party of personal responsibility. I don't know. Yeah, they're they, not. They say they're the Christian party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, lesson ten. There are ways of connecting, moving, communicating that we don't yet understand, and we should look to nature for lessons for a new future. Our future is emergent, and so our approaches must be intentionally adapting based on what we learn and unlearn. We are starting from a seriously unhealthy and unjust place. So we are going to need radical imagination and the courage to adapt to unknown ways of being. Here, again, the Sword Drive provides a great metaphor for emergent and adaptive ways of being. We can imagine and design a truly different future when we admit that we don't run the world, when we drop the heroic hubris and embrace that we are guided by nature, when we honor that we are simply by existing in relationship with each other and with nature. In relationship, we each with each other and with nature. Like the spore drive, Earth allows us a symbiotic relationship if we respect and value the connection approach it with reverence and only use what we absolutely need imagine a future where we have dismantled institutional and systemic racism imagine a future where we are building relationships across our differences differences that honor our humanity embrace our interdependence and acknowledge our varied lived experiences Mm-hmm. Let's design a more loving and sustainable way of connecting and communicating. Let's design a way of moving that honors all creatures and the earth that holds us. Uh, as Eleanor Tremere states in a recent article, it goes to show that the more inclusive we are as a society, the more we'll be able to imagine and build a better future. And it's, it isn't that uh, what Star Trek was always trying to tell us from all along we'll get there together let's fly (laughs) that's michael burnham's yep punch it hit it it. engage (laughs) engage (laughs) anyways i know that was a little bit wordy and thinky and my brain hurts now but all that to say that we can't fear intelligence it's almost like you know, because they fear change, because they fear intelligence, because they fear include inclusiveness, they want to stick to the way things were. Simple, stupid, and not working. Yeah. <laughs> and change can be scary, and change can be different. But at the end of the day, I think it just starts with, you know, utilizing people's strengths. If someone has a better vocabulary than you, that doesn't necessarily mean they're smarter. It just means that that's 
That's their journey. They want to be smarty pants. Let them go be fancy They've pants. Have fun with experience. that. Yeah. They have a different varied experience than you. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we can't take some of these conservative folks and bring them along into the future and utilize their lived-in experiences to also learn and grow. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think all conservatives are bad or evil or wrong, but um, they have tempers and they don't know how to cool their jets long enough to learn and grow and come along in this experiment together. Yeah. <laughs> Speak sure. on that. Yeah, they I like change makes them angry or differences make them angry yeah. or everything makes them angry. They so just they stay just, outraged they, and triggered out of reason. Yeah. So they just dig in their heels and and make things kick worse. And scream and make things worse and right, difficult. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so at the end of the day what we're trying to get at here is that Star Trek is about embracing our differences. That includes our political differences, our religious differences, our cultural heritages, our creeds, our species. And if we can't get past what few differences we have on Earth, what chance do we ever have of, of accepting our differences with a species that looks like a fish mm -hmm. or a mantis or something? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think Star Trek is about educating people about inclusiveness um, but it doesn't have to feel goofy or wimpy i think what happens is where we lose our conservative brothers and sisters is that they always jump to this assumption that the future is this liberal pussy utopia full of gentle pussy souls and we don't want none of that it's like no man it doesn't have to be that speak on that Again, it just goes back to fearing change and fearing anything that's different. And they can't just step back and see what it could actually be and actually entail. Well, yeah. Can you imagine what we could get done as a nation together in nation building and technological building and creating better jobs and institutions and better infrastructure if we had the Republican Party to help be a part of the solutions instead of just dragging back progress? I know. It's and I'm not saying the Democrats are perfect. Far fucking from it. They're too fucking weird, too. But at the end of the day, at least they're trying to solve problems. At the end of the day, when you look at the statistics, Republicans fuck up our institutions every time. They want to they wanna get rid of programs that help people, but then not do what's necessary to make people not dependent on those systems. Yeah. I have no problem dismantling systems because we've grown so prosperous that we don't need food stamps and welfare anymore. But until you change the but things until you that make change people need fundamentally, those right, yeah, right. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. Yeah. I, I'm just sitting here shaking my head because it just it seems so logical and simple. Yeah. But well, and that's where I think a lot of you know you get a lot of these people talking like. Some people won't even listen to this episode because we're talking about Star Trek. The very word will trigger, trigger anger. Why? Because Fox News taught them to be angered by anything woke or different. They don't want to think about it long enough to see that we could include you too. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I got nothing against conservatives. What I have is a problem with people trying to roll back and dial back progress at the behest of a better, funner, better, freer future. Good grief. 
Get it together, stupid. Know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. <laughs> okay, so at the end of the day, I mean, like I said in the beginning, I didn't want this to be an episode just gushing about Star Trek. You know, I love Star Wars, too. I love, you know, a lot of things. I love MCU, but I also love, you know, I love DCEU when it's done right. You know, any franchise like the transformers i love transformers i wear the t-shirts but i hate the fucking movies why because they raped my fucking childhood they took something cool and awesome and made it stupid right mm -hmm. and if yeah. they just gave it a little more gravitas a little more just put a little more care into plot and character development they could have made this thing really neat and i like the visuals but if the if the heart of the matter isn't there then you get you know it's like ugh. It's nice to look at, but there's no substance there. Mm -hmm. So, my, you know, talk about Star Trek because you're kind of coming into this. I remember the other day we were we were watching Star Trek: The Next Generation because we're watching all the episodes over again. And you said something, and I had to pause. I was, you said, I think I like Star Trek more than Star Wars. And I went, <gasps> it's like, oh wow, she gets it, you know. Now, I love Star Wars, too. Don't get me wrong. It's got this beautiful lore as well. Mm -hmm. But I love that it's trying to embrace change and inclusion and trying to, you know, talk our way out of problems rather than always fighting. At the end of the day, it's about being civilized. You know, when I look at the next generation, the reason why they're not all jacked and buff is because we shouldn't have to be jacked and buff. We rely on our minds. We rely on yeah. technologies. We rely on our words to get through and our personalities yeah. to get through. Right. So we don't have to have these big, giant, engorged muscles. And I'm, hey, I lift weights. I get it. But at the end of the day, the point is, is that we were in three, four hundred years. Maybe we should evolve out of this need to be jacked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let your brain be jacked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so all that set up to say babe the floor is yours tell me what you like about star trek tell me what uh you know what your favorite iterations are and just go on a tear have fun <laughs> <laughs> my tear is like 20 seconds <laughs> yeah that's a that's a tear no i just you. i like that it's <clears throat> it's unapologetically smart mm -hmm. it deals with real important themes um yeah it embraces change and embraces diversity yeah it's just and that's the given part yeah exactly and it goes into so much more just, than that yeah and it's i think mm. a lot of people would say it's preachy but i think it's exactly the opposite it just it just portrays it just situations as they would be and as they are and it's not yeah. preaching or the only reason you'd see it as preachy is if it's because something you're adamantly against or yeah. or anything but well i see a lot of star trek fans talk about how discovery you know, shit the bed, that they lost the scent of seriousness that the previous iterations of Star Trek have. And I, I thought, well, in a way, yes, but in a way, no. I think what it is is that we have to embrace the fact that some people aren't going to be as disciplined, as serious as the rest, mm -hmm. and that people like Tilly are goofy and silly and awkward 
and they have a right to exist and to thrive too. Exactly. It's still so it's, within the framework of professionalism and doing your job and yeah. being there and doing what you have to do, but it it's allows for a little bit more personality but, than sometimes. Like the critical drinker said, that it takes away a sense of seriousness and urgency about it, or it takes some yeah. of the gravitas away. Do you think it does that? I don't really think so. Yeah. Because at the core of it is mm. the the unity and the the structure and everything so that's all still there just allows for a little personality on top of it i think right right yeah Personally. well we only got a few minutes left but i just you know if there's a main like if there's one sentence or one phrase or one paragraph that can summarize why we like star trek and why we can't let star trek die in our society um please uh, say say it now that just made it sound too important. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be worded perfect. Just exactly. first draft. <laughs> it's just, it allows people mm. to be who they are. Yeah. And shows that change is possible and it doesn't have to be painful and it can be. Sure. But it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And just allowing people to be who they are and learning from each other and shared experiences and new experiences and well and it's i just i think star trek shows you that when you're busy growing yourself you're too busy to worry about what others are doing or not doing yeah conservatives That's love talking all day long about the moochers and the food stamp recipients and all the people not pulling their weight well guess what fucker neither are you mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day i just think if people spend a little more time in their own pocket, in their own lane, learning and growing at their own rates, doing their thing, reading books, reading articles, growing, evolving, you would be just too busy to worry about what gay and trans people are doing or what women are doing. I mean, good grief. Um, I think they want to go back to a society that is white and male and oligarchical, and I, I just mm -hmm. don't see that ever happening. And no, they might win. They might win a movement. You know, like Donald Trump won the election and for four years we had their vision of America. But guess what? In two years, we're back to where normalcy exists again. And if you can't accept that certain things you don't like are normal, well, gosh, I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, get, get it together. Get with the times. Get with the times. Like, yeah. yeah. That life doesn't have to be scary. The change doesn't have to be scary. And what would these conservative men and women who act so tough all day every day how would they behave if they relied on a gay paramedic or a gay doctor and they're dying of covid because they wouldn't put on a fucking mask because they believed trump and all his horseshit lies and now they're sitting in the er uh dying of covid geez i wish i had gotten the vaccine and then you now you've got a gay or trans nurse that saves your fucking life now what guy do these people learn do they grow? Are sometimes, they capable of growth? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah. It just depends on the person. And right. It's like makes me think of Glenn Beck when he was really sick and he had this whole change of heart. And a month later, he's back to the same old bullshit. Same old horseshit. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, you know, and that's what I mean. It's like my friend. He loses a job. He goes out for food stamps. He's on welfare. And then he gets another job. And then he, and then he, votes and roots to take away food stamps mm -hmm. what so it only applies to you because you're better than the rest of us yeah um no it's, yeah it just doesn't work that way and 
the thing is, is that we're becoming a more populated society. I don't like all people. I don't even like all liberals. You know, there's this idea like, oh, we're liberals and we all think the same, therefore we're friends. When I worked at Lowe's, I didn't like working with the liberals. They were, God, hey, can you help me with, I need to use this forklift. Can you just, you know, you always had to have a safety, someone standing there. Oh, yeah, 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 I'll do that. And then they would like disappear on you. Like, where the fuck did they go? And then you ask the conservative, hey, will you help me? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they would help you. In other words, just because you have the right ideals doesn't necessarily mean that you're necessarily living up to those ideals. At the end of the day, I think a lot of conservatives have the right work ethic. They have the right idea when it comes to hard work. Just that sometimes I think they're fighting for the wrong people. You don't, you know, like I think conservatives and Christians have good, good values, but they get manipulated out of their good values because they Trojan horse all this tyranny and oppression. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't have that. Okay, rapid fire. We're going to do some rapid fire questions on Star Trek uh, and just answer uh, as you see fit. You ready? Uh, I'm a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite uh, Star Trek show or iteration? Whichever one I'm watching at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I honestly, that does seem, I, yeah. Well, whenever I'm watching new Trek, I sometimes it's style over substance. Mm-hmm. So Star Trek Picard is my best favorite new iteration because it gets the new stuff right and it gets the old stuff right, which is good storytelling mm-hmm. uh when i'm watching star trek next gen i kind of have to forego the fact that the uh, special effects suck yeah yeah i don't even really think <laughs> but about the that plot is better anymore. and the characterization yeah. is fun mm-hmm. and so yeah I, I just like it all it doesn't yeah. matter to me so long as you know as long as they're trying and mm-hmm. i do think people are just too harsh on discovery like i said i think yeah sometimes michael burnham crying again it's like good grief get over it um they tried to make it too dramatic and weepy. But at the end of the day, once they saw what wasn't working in season one and part of season two, I think they, course, corrected into something really cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What's your fa- who's your favorite character? Oh, man. That's, that's a tough one. <laughs> There's so many good ones. And yeah, I name like some of your so favorites off the top of your head. I doesn't like, matter. I like Worf. Yeah. I love Picard. Yeah. I like Janeway. Yeah. Riker's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just it. They're a team. Exactly. You love them all. Yeah. <laughs> Without one, you, you you're missing some component. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I like about Next Gen is that it's like it's got the empath, but then it's got Worf, and Worf mm-hmm. dealing with his old, you know, old ways and his heritage yeah. of pride and honor mm-hmm. and all and aggression, and uh, it just has that nice balance. It does. Yeah. Because yeah, like Worf doesn't have all the emotional stuff, but he if he, he's the one you want next to you when you go into a, a shitstorm of a situation. It's yeah. just and I think I'd mention all characters from Next Gen because that's what we're watching right now. So right. except Janeway. Yeah. But, yeah. I love Janeway too. Yeah. I love Seven of just, Nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and um and so yeah, it's like I love Star Trek Enterprise. It wasn't the best yeah. show. But I love this idea of deconstructing track to its roots. And, and instead of having shields, they have hull plating. And uh, you, you can only transport cargo. You can't transport mm-hmm. people yet. Yeah. I love the evolution of track. It was, yeah. It's a lot of fun. And so that's why I thought people would be 
a little more uh, receptive to discovery in the sense that it's just taking track to its inevitable yeah. conclusion. And yet, I don't know, maybe it was just too much too soon, I guess. I guess. Like, whoa, this isn't <laughs> track. It should have, I think they should have started with like Strange New Worlds first and Picard first and then sort of snuck. And then, oh, after people are kind of used to it, then once you're used to the Trek universe, then you start sneaking in all this crazy futuristic shit from Discovery. Yeah, and I think it would have worked better if they just reversed that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Which character that is no longer on the show or shows, a, sh- a character that died, could be Voyager, could be Enterprise, could be any iteration, which character would you love to see a comeback and why? The name is escaping me. And next gen, because that's what we're watching now. Yeah. Uh, Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar. Yeah, because I think they could have gone places with her and yeah. had some cool storylines. Well, she's kind of like and... the David Caruso story who got big for his britches on that sh- on uh, uh, LAPD Blue. Oh, that, yeah. And then, and then he, he got he left the show before he got famous. And then went to CSI. And well, and for a long time there, his career was tanked, though. Yeah, right. And I think what happened is she got so popular so fast, she thought she could build off that. And I don't think she wanted to play some secondary role on this mm-hmm. silly sci-fi show. Because she had no idea that it was going to grow into this massive so thing. So huge. And yeah. not realizing that as it evolved, like, all the characters came to the forefront at one time or another. And yeah. she wouldn't have been relegated to just this side They could have made her a real good they, character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think she just got imp- impatient. Yeah. Well, and who would have... Who would have thought? I mean... That it would have taken off as big as it did. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I think a lot of these actors, they, they are always looking for bigger and better. And then when they get this ego boost, they're like, see, I'm worth... I can be, play a lead on a show and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize, like, pay your dues first. Yeah. Stay on air as long as you can and then build from there. She yeah. could have stayed on Star Trek for seven, eight years, seven seasons, mm-hmm. and then been in all those movies... And then yeah. maybe maybe she was afraid that she would get typecast. I know, you know, the yeah. uh, uh, Batman, the the original Batman, he, he got typecast. He didn't want to get typecast. But I, I don't know. I'd rather get typecast on a super good show like that than not get typecast and end up sort of wavering like her career did afterward. Yeah. I wonder if she has regrets. I would imagine so, but... Yeah, she looked damn good in that one episode. Good grief! <laughs> well, and yummy. another character that you thought of. Um, yes, I agree. Um, the engineer mm. in uh, Strange New Worlds. They had to kill him off because they had to introduce Scotty. Oh yeah, but, um, the, the engineer. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, Hammer. That's, yeah, the Andorian. Yeah, I really liked that character a lot. Yeah, he had to go to make room for, to make room for the Scotty character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was good. Yeah, yeah. I think Strange New Worlds is a nice mix of being episodic with a little bit of an overarching story. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think it's got all the right flavors. I don't think they've done everything perfect. No. I don't necessarily love their iteration of Captain Kirk. Yeah. Maybe they could make him a little more Kirky next time around. Mm-hmm. Same actor, just a little more, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not, I don't want it to become a farce where you're doing an impersonation of uh, William Shatner, but you yeah. can definitely put in a little bit more of his Kirk 
isms in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I didn't see mm-hmm. Captain Kirk in that performance. No, no. Yeah. No. Um, I guess the last thing I, I have for you, babe, is, um, you know, why do you like Star Trek over Star Wars? And at, at the end of the day, make your pitch for people who aren't who don't like Star Trek Discovery or who don't like the new stuff, at the end of the day, just, you know, gush a little before it's all said Ooh. and done. Well, I, it made me think of uh, my coworker, Connor, mm-hmm. ex-coworker. He left us. Oh, yeah. Good for him. But um, <laughs> he said he's never watched Star Trek because he doesn't feel like he's smart enough. Oh, no. And that's so not, it's not true. true. Like, yeah. it, 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 it seems just be- like it's got these lofty well, it, things. And it does, but it's done in a way that everyone can understand well, it. Well, I think just, it's just been stigmatized as such. Mm-hmm. It's not really that intellectual, really. Yeah. I mean, it deals with <clears throat> with big themes and things, but so does Star Wars. So well, it's just. And that's the whole point is it puts you in situations where you have to rethink how you feel about different races or you rethink how you feel about the opposite sex or you rethink people Mm -hmm. that are different from you and that's you know teaches life lessons and i just feel like unless you if you're not willing to be adventurous and open-minded about life and that's the problem i have with conservatism that and the hate get rid of the hate and be more open-minded and be more adventurous you just might find a nice refreshing dip in the pool of life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and one thing I think I do like about it, like, <clears throat> even though it's huge, it deals with galaxies and quadrants and everything, yeah. it's, it's small because it all it all comes back to the, the ship and the, the characters. And the bridge so, crew, yeah. usually. And yeah. I just, I like that <clears throat> because everything's, their personalities are explored more. and Yeah. And that's why I like, the new Star Wars shows that are coming out, like Andor, like it's it's part it's, of the huge story, but it's but small. But it's small and stories it's, that deal with everyday stuff. And, yeah, and I think that's I like that about it. I agree. I, I think Star Wars, God, they shit the bed with the main franchise, and they were trying too many things, too big of things, and they didn't know how to handle it right, and they couldn't correct the ship, and then Ryan Johnson kind of did weird shit, and then. J.J. Abrams had to come in and undo all his weird shit and then redo some shit at the end, and it just felt tacked on. Yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah, The Mandalorian gets it right. Uh, Andor gets it right. Mm -hmm. Um, I even liked Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm -hmm. I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I've liked all of them so far, and I think it's because it's it's smaller. It it helps you know the characters more instead of within this giant framework. What do you think of Lower Decks? I know that's way different. What do you think Mm -hmm. of the cartoon Lower Decks? I think it's fun so far. Yeah. And it still deals with some of the same things. It's it's, just in a cartoon form. It reminds me of if Star Trek was mixed with Futurama Mm -hmm. because it's absurdist comedy. It's absurdist humor. But it's futurism and it's Star it is, Trek. But, yeah. but it doesn't take itself overly serious. Yeah. Well, it's because it's <clears throat> because you never think about the other people that are making the ship run also. They're exactly. there behind <laughs> yeah. the scenes. And There's they this have whole and they have ship full gold. of people that are getting ignored. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I like that aspect of it. Yeah. Definitely. And it just kind of, it kind of like with Star Wars, it's like, you know, where the movie Clerks, he talks about the construction crew and the people who had to build mm-hmm. the Death Star. Right. Yeah, the average exactly. folks. Yeah. Yep. That's what it's about. Exactly. Yep. For sure. Um, okay. So one last thing. I want you to name your favorite female character and why. 
your favorite alien character and why, and your favorite male character and why. Go. Good grief. <laughs> oh my gosh. Female character. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go with Janeway. Yeah, she's a badass. Because she's badass. She's <clears throat> she's smart. She's compassionate. She's funny. She's. I agree. I she's, love her. Yeah, she's awesome. I was half the internet. You know, I was half expecting an Admiral Janeway and Picard, and mm -hmm. never happened. Right. Turns out it was deviant art. Somebody had just copied and pasted her in there. <laughs> really? Like, oh, you fuckers! <laughs> I really was expecting to see her, and I mm -hmm. didn't. I was like, damn it! <laughs> yeah. Um. Gosh, favorite alien character? Yeah. Um. Mm. I love Spock. Of course. But I really love Worf, especially with what they've see and like I've. Coming from this, having not watched Deep Space Nine yet, so right. Well, they really develop Worf's character in Deep Space Nine, and that's what we'll so watch I think when that's we're done make here. Me like him even more because yeah. I, I love just even what we've seen in this, a season and a half of Next Gen. Like, because I've watched it all years ago, but I don't remember all of it. But just the little bit he's grown in there, and then seeing what they do with him in Picard. Yeah, I just he's he's great. Character. I love that I he love went. He, so he made a 180 into knowing his piece. Mm -hmm, right. I love that. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. It was really absolutely. sweet. Yeah. And then favorite male character. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe Picard. He's yeah. So he's just so like <clears throat> matter of fact and knows what he wants, but then he's willing to admit when he's wrong. Very begrudgingly. He's so he's, stoic. He's so classy. He's so sophisticated, and everybody assumes he hates kids, but he doesn't. Mm -hmm. He just he just hasn't been around them that much. Yeah, and he's, so, I love that awkwardness between him yeah. and Wesley. But when they have that whole <laughs> that whole six hour ride together, yeah. like they have little moments and right, and yeah. So well, that's what him. was so neat about Picard, and that's why the first two seasons didn't really click, is because it didn't use any of the setup of the thirty years we've known Picard mm -hmm. in the new stuff. The only stipulation was, as Patrick Stewart said, I don't want to wear a fucking uniform. Right. And I don't want to be on a ship. And they're like, yeah. oh, shit, it's not Star Trek then. Mm -hmm. So the last season, they're like, all right, fine. Give them what they want. Just, and right. it worked. It did. Yeah. You can't take, I mean, I love the character Picard. I love it. But they didn't build anything from what we know about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would have been nice to show him, you know, around kids or mm -hmm. the way he, you know, He's so stern and stoic. Show him that fish out of water between him and another character. I just... Yeah. They introduced all these characters, and then they just kind of ditched them in season two. And then season three was like a one-and-done Star Trek Next Gen. Mm -hmm. And while it was wonderful and great, and I love that they were able to bring a little bit of Voyager in there, too, at the end of the day, I just... Uh, it didn't really do Picard justice, and it didn't really do the character justice, but... <clears throat> I like what they were trying to do, but yeah. we don't need all these new characters. I'm glad they let they kept Seven and Nine and Raph, Raph mm -hmm. in there. Right? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, definitely. Okay, babe. Last thing. Last thing. Star Trek Discovery. Everyone hates it. Pitch your best case of why it's a darn good show. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. For one. She's a great and actress. She's a great actress. She cries too much, and but she she does. But you know, <laughs> she is a good actress, though. It's just mm. it's allowing characters to be themselves, mm -hmm. and it's just fun. 
and it deals and it <laughs> and it deals with non-binaryism and gay and all these things in a way that I don't think are preachy. I think it just is. Exactly. It just is. Which the conservatives would say it's preachy because it just is. <laughs> right. Because it's, it's there. It, <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, and it deals with big stuff like it always does. Yeah. And what do you think about that, that big jump 700 years and now everybody's like, hey. Like, I thought it was, it was fun because it just added a whole new where they could really do anything. Well, and that's because why in Star Trek... they're past all the canon. They're past all of everything that's happened. They can yeah. just do whatever the heck they want. Right. And, and, and the reason why we'd never heard of them in the Star Trek canon is because they shot off into the future and we never mm-hmm. saw them again. Right. And so it was just exactly. this one, like unsolved mystery. Mm-hmm. What the hell right. happened to the Discovery? Exactly. That science yeah. vessel. What happened to those folks? Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, babe. Well, thank you so much. Sure. I appreciate your help. Um, at the end of the day, this is all about you guys. We gotta this country, man. We gotta get this country going in the right direction. Yeah, I want do better. Yeah, we can do better. We can have better paying jobs. We can automate and have automation. Let the robots and AI take over the hard shit. Let the humans be the engineers of all that. And uh, have affordable technological training so that they can go to school to be technologists and engineers and let the future come. And at the end of the day, we don't need fucking coal miners, you guys. We need to embrace the future in a way that allows, you know, I get it. We're all scared. People are going to find out we're stupid. Oh, well, that's Mm -hmm. what training is for. And Yeah, like the people that are so stuck on coal mining and this and that realize they want to stay with that because they want to make the money you're the ones dying from it realize (laughs) that if they take away coal mining the plan is to train you in other things that are less dangerous and less detrimental to your health and the new industries would probably pay for their training and would probably pay for their lifestyle and transition for the for the unfortunate task of having to get rid of their job i mean at the end of the day Mm -hmm. if you have deep pockets involved in this slow 25-year transition into better technologies why not take it do you really think we need to go backwards into the old hoot nanny days of fucking coal mining jesus fucking christ (laughs) <laughs> the fact that it's, and we can take care of those coal miners. Exactly. That's you know? the thing. Our, <clears throat> They'd have a better yeah. life if they just embraced. Yep. Change. Absolutely. Yeah, because we don't need to go back to the old ways and the old days. What we need is to have the old-timey values of yesteryear and bring them with us and mm-hmm. don't get lost in the future without bringing our values. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Our identity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, baby. Very good show. Uh, you guys, we're trying to get you guys to understand that you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be fancy to have a good life, to have robust living, to have good mental health, and to challenge your system. Challenge. If you don't like the jobs market out there, don't be a part of it, man. Shit. You know, if you got no choice in the matter, well, then only use it as long as you have to. But the point is, is that we collectively when we use our brains for something other than a paperweight we can forge ahead into a future that we all want even you conservatives we can create a culture that is inclusive of all peoples of all mentalities except for regressive hateful bullshit (laughs) yes 
Thank you, baby. Good show. Uh, you guys, we've only got a handful of episodes left this season. We will be tackling uh, the the light triad. We did the dark triad. We're going to do the light triad. We're going to do a little bit more on cryptids and UFOs and UAPs and aliens and the paranormal. Uh, just that there's not a whole lot more of new shit to say. I think we've said it all. But mm-hmm. we will go into that a little bit more. And we will talk about being an empath one more time, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, um, <clears throat> after all this, I may go straight into the YouTube channel. Then again, I might go work for a while. I, I, I might get this job uh, at a cannabis uh, factory. They make um, cannabis uh, gummy bears. And with my culinary degree, I'm, I'm a shoe in So I'm, I'm waiting, yeah. seeing what happens. Yeah. I think that might be fun. Getting paid to make edibles. <laughs> Wait, no kidding. Shit to the yeah. Yep. Anyways, you guys, just challenge your system. Don't let the world push its bully, oppressive, tyrannical, backwards-ass agendas on you. And Republicans, fight for a better party. Good yeah. grief. We don't need more mass shootings. We don't need more guns. We don't need a bunch of alpha male posturing idiots what we need is thoughtful intelligent men and women of all colors and races and creeds who can push for the right conservative values fiscal conservatism smaller government etc 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 at the end of the day hey i'm not against all that what i'm against is you just shitting on the chessboard fucking up progress fucking it all up so that we as a society and culture have to sit here and put up with all this stupid bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> Anyways, sir. any last words? Babe. Not really. All right. Just watch Star Trek. Watch it. It's good. <laughs> and it's not all it's not all created equal, but just have an open mind. I yeah. mean, geez, Louise. And I think I think we've just become such a overly critical society that demands perfection. It's like I mean, yes, I demand that my Star Wars don't fuck up their main franchise. They did. Eef. But, you know, these little shows doing interesting, new, cool things, uh, let them. If it ain't your cup of tea, it ain't your cup of tea. But understand that, you know, Star Trek is all about inclusiveness and wokeness. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't have to be preachy. It doesn't have to be heavy-handed. And we should include, you know... The rougher, gruffer people in our society, too. I feel like they're afraid we're going to become a society that doesn't allow for that. It's like, no, man. <laughs> I'm rough and gruff, and I'm still progressive. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anyways, you guys, we will be back next week. If you want to contribute, come on over to my link tree. That's linktree forward slash Chef Comedy. And uh, please subscribe to the new YouTube channel. We will, at some point, be making videos, uh, thoughtful, interesting, creative videos, talking about being an empath, talking about the mental health and robust living for our culture and society today. That's what it's all about. So that's what we're trying to do. Make a better world for you and me. That's what it's all about. Thank you, guys. Come on over to Chef Bright Comedy YouTube channel. Just subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything. And thank you, babe. What a wonderful show. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I could. Yes. It's over two hours, and I'm like, I could do another hour. And I know you don't want to, <laughs> so we won't. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.